Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. Coming to you from partly cloudy with sunny skies in Bradenton, Florida. Actually at Bradenton Motorsports Park. Sitting in the tower as there's a tire test that's going on here at the facility. So you might catch a little background noise. That being said, we're going to get started this week. Hope it doesn't disappoint you, but no guess. Just going to make a rundown in the show, if you will, of what's taking place as the 2023 season has fully engulfed into flames as it jumps up out of the gate and gets moving. And we're going to get started next. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on All right, this week, we're going to recap kicking the season off here at Bradenton Motorsports Park. You know, last week, we did an episode with Brad Zimmerman, and we we talked about some NASCAR marketing and so forth, and we appreciate all the feedback that we received on that. Uh, appreciate all the feedback in regards to Erica Ender's episode. Uh, enjoy that, whether you uh, put yourself out there and sent me a hate mail or sent a positive comment. I greatly appreciate that as we move forward with a little bit of variety in the Racers and Rental Cars podcast for 2023. So the kickoff of the season, kind of coattailing uh, Brad being on the podcast last week, you know, NASCAR had a test session and Jimmy Johnson got involved in it. And there was something that I left out after I brought that up uh, for some of the on-track testing that went on in regards to the next-gen car, thing that I think I left out and felt so bad about it was talking about mufflers. Masks are making a move to test uh, uh, during this initial tire test uh, race car adjustment with everything going on with the changes to the next gen car to test mufflers. Uh, NASCAR stating that the reason why the muffler test went on is to help quiet, if you will, um, opportunity wise to the road course uh, and the street course rather. And the first one that pops to mind is going into downtown Chicago this year in 2023. But also, you know, it was brought up about Nashville. Um, and I would be remiss if sitting here in Bradenton Motorsports Park with the Freedom Factory next door, hanging out with Doug Cook over the weekend from Motion Raceworks uh, from time to time as you know, Bradenton Motorsports Park, uh, Garrett and Doug and Victor in the motorsports complex here is battling, you know, in the community that they're, they're trying to make strides. There's been some concessions made uh, and, and so forth. But, but the noise piece of it, if you will, just popped up, right? It brought it right to the, 
to the front of my forehead and my little red forehead, if you will, after this past weekend, as mufflers for NASCAR in Nashville, where the community has talked about improvements and noise. And, you know, I go back to some of the racetracks on the West Coast that have closed some of the other facilities across the country where noise has been talked about or brought up in justifications of why community and people and working together, right? And so me being a horsepower guy, the the racer in me goes, ah, we don't care. We want noise, right? It's horsepower. It's good American muscle. And if you're an import person, it's good wherever you're from, country muscle, right? So we want that sensory overload. We want to feel it. We want to hear it. We want to see it. But then I think about the downtown streets of Chicago in the street race and the high rises and the echoing, how the noise carries through downtown Chicago, being the fact that I lived there for a little while and the, all of the construction or even the, the concert series and so forth that took place downtown uh, case of Chicago and so forth and how many blocks away you may be and still be able to feel and hear the sounds of, of construction work and the music, the way it carries inside all of those high-rise buildings and so forth. Can you imagine what, you know, I don't, I don't know right out in front of me here what the engine package is that NASCAR has identified for the Chicago Street Race. But six, let's just say 650 horsepower in 40 cars zipping and, and moving throughout the streets of downtown Chicago without mufflers. Wow. That's all I can say. Um, you know, so I think that that move by NASCAR, as much as it may upset this, you know, fragmented segment of NASCAR and the fan base, especially for the marketing side of it, right? You, it, we, we have to work together. And I know, you know, there's the, the, it's always been this way. That's NASCAR. It's the historic aspect of it. And that's, what they want and that's what the fan base wants and we want loud country and short tracks and so forth i get that okay i get it uh at the same point i'm thinking about chicago and all of the different marketing agencies that have clients and so forth that are in chicago that get an opportunity to maybe dip their toe be exposed to nascar in the world of motorsports right there in the part of downtown Chicago and that kickoff to the season at NASCAR testing with the mufflers uh, after this weekend being here in Bradenton you know firsthand seeing the area around the racetrack that's been in discussion and and so forth it just you know brought it to mind that you know we have to get behind the ability to work together okay so let, let's think about this just open-minded. The population of the United States of America is not slowing down on growth, okay? It's not. It's growing rapidly. Now, what do we add into that? We add into that the economic factor of the country 
and the population and how it moves, right? What is the one thing that we don't, that we can't make more of every day? It is land. It is dirt. We cannot make more land and dirt every day, right? We're, we're, we're preserving forestry. We've got, you know, we're timber and we're trying to grow and we're trying to be, you know, sustainable within our borders from the east coast to the west coast, from the west to the north, and we can't, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So that being said, it means that we have to take a moment to figure out, even though housing communities have to be built, right? Industrial parks have to be built, right? We've got to grow. Manufacturing's got to grow. And there's certain parts of the country that, you know, economic situation, environment. I mean, I'm sitting here today. It is Tuesday, Bradenton, Florida. It is no wind, 83 degrees. Yes, we had a little bit of cold over the, the weekend on Friday and Saturday, if you will, in the evening hours with the, with the wind blowing. But let me tell you, it, it is apparent. You only have to be here just a few hours to understand why people are flocking to the state of Florida. Now, that doesn't mean that businesses are flocking to the state of Florida. However, it impacts the environment in the state of Florida. What businesses are here, racetrack facilities, sporting complexes, everybody trying to move forward or at minimum hold on to what they have. I mean, let's not, you know, let's not get that twisted at all. Let's not forget, like, we're not talking about Victor and, and Garrett trying to acquire more to, to push houses out of the area. They're just trying to hold on to what they have. And so that, you know, when it comes to the thought process for Nashville and the fairgrounds, and if you're following along with that, I mean, Marcus, Marcus Smith, the son of, of late Bruton Smith, I mean, he and his team are doing the absolute best that they possibly can about trying to make concessions to work with Nashville to get this fairground, get this racetrack back up and running part of the history, right? And we got Wilkes, you know, North Wilkesboro, we got that going on in NASCAR. Again, it's community-based. We're trying to hold on to what we have and continue to be able to be sustainable. And I think the sustainability piece of it is where the ability not the ability, the significance to have the ability to work together, right? And, and, and be considerate neighbors to understand, right? If you build a house next to a racetrack facility, you know what? It's going to be loud. Don't ask the racetrack facility to be quiet because the racetrack facility is not going to ask you to turn your music down or not shoot your guns or what you know, whatever it is that you may be doing, uh, they're not going to. They don't want to impede on your life, right? Your your freedoms and liberties. Um, so don't impede on the racetrack. Work together. Understand that. Don't don't push push businesses out. Um, so you know the the muffler talk, and I've seen some chat room chatter back and forth, and I know back in the day. NHRA, I remember at one time the 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 Borla buffler, uh, mufflers, 
bufflers. Spoiler bufflers, yeah, there goes the not-so-professional on-air talent. Um, you know, Borla mufflers were on dragsters, rear-engine dragsters, super gas cars, and so forth, right? Um, and you look back on that, and, and you go, okay, well, th- did it really help? Well, during that period of time, I think it was a, you know, a, a test base or, or movement, right? I was very young in the sport uh, during that time frame, and not very of what was going on environmentally or, you know, it was in the segment. So now, I mean, I get it. I, I, I do. I, I understand that you can see the, the reason why, right? Just try to help um, building the sound walls. You know, that's, um, I know that's a huge, huge investment uh, between facilities and, and housing areas and so forth. But I, I believe that it has to be done. But I also believe the housing development developers, and the people that build houses in those areas and buy property to build, uh, but you, you have to be flexible. You have to be, you have to be willing to work together. Uh, so r- really big mindful thought process this weekend here in Bradenton, uh, thinking about NASCAR, the muffler test and, and everything that's going on in the Bradenton community uh, for Victor and Doug uh, and, and Garrett and, and so forth, but also keeping in mind, you know, the positive impact to be in the downtown streets of Chicago for a street race around all the businesses and marketing opportunities there. Nashville, get back into Nashville. I mean, that's going to be huge, huge opportunities for that area. Uh, you know, and I can't, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Music City from that side of it. And every time we can hold on and develop and grow and improve these facilities, these motorsports facilities, wherever they are, the opportunity to do things other than hold motorsports events, right? Outdoor concerts, you know, craft fairs, whatever the case are, every time that we can have an opportunity to do that and impact the area and bring revenue and outside people into the areas, that's good business. That helps the economy in those local areas. It helps the business of motorsports for the individuals that have invested and own the facilities and the properties and so forth. It, it's, it's a win-win. We just have to breathe and realize that we got to work together, got to work together, got to work together, got to work together. Um, all right. So that's not, a, that's not a Don's rant, but that's a, a perspective that, you know, if you've got people out there in your little circle that, you know, maybe they don't think like like I do, or maybe they don't think like you do. Maybe maybe you're on you're on board with me. Maybe maybe that's the deal with that. So if, if that's the case, then you know, share that. Let let me know what your thought processes are, uh, what you think is going on, and and do that and share it on social media. You know, on, whether it's on our Facebook page or Instagram, or send a private message. John O'Neill, I'm on Facebook. You can send me a private message. Be more than glad to help. Uh, with, you know, a continued conversation in that for the kickoff to the 2023 season. Got to forewarn you, I see cars rolling towards the water box. So we might have a, a little background opportunity there, possibly, uh, you know, uh, taken care of. You might hear some sound in the background during this tire test. So hopefully that's a good thing. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, moving right along. Let's, uh, you know, 
I love it, right? I'm a, a big, 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 you know, things like this get, my, get me really hyped up. Tony Stewart Racing, going off their design, the green. Oh, man. I love it. The cars look amazing. I cannot wait to see them in person. Matt and Leah, Tony Stewart Racing, with the, the green and black, the Mopar look, if you will. It looks awesome. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. You know, I loved green with the NTK, NGK on, on the Haas Camaro a couple years ago. Love it. Love green. Love green. I'm Irish. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I have to give the, the shout out to that. Lots of artwork, design work out there going floating around Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All this going on because of, yes, because of the fact that we are inching closer and closer. Butch Class is coming up. NHRA Orlando kicking off this weekend. NMCA, NMRA. We, we just finished up the U.S. Street Nationals here. It has been electric, and it's finally starting to get busy, busy, busy. Uh, and I will forewarn, here comes the first of the background sounds. You can hear that. And I will, uh, I have no problem throwing this out, and I don't think he will either, but that's a former guest. Of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, Mr. Tom Bailey from Stick Week, which is right around the corner down here. I mean, there was there were cars here yesterday testing. There was cars throughout the weekend. They were entered in the U.S. Street Nationals. They're partaking in Stick Week. You know, it was great uh, to talk about Stick Week as it is it closely, rapidly approaching. So Tom Bailey out here practicing, if you will, getting a little testing in. I've been told. Tom wants to win his own deal because he has no problem with that. But uh, I, I've also been told that, you know, they want to finish their own deal as well. So uh, hopefully hopefully we may uh, have Tom back on the podcast after six weeks over with and talk about how wonderful, that, I mean, it, that's a buzz down here in this part of Florida. People are really amped up about it. I challenge you when they start six weeks, jump on YouTube, uh, Warren Evans, uh, good friend of the podcast, great friend as a professional uh, peer and friend, uh, will be handling all of that for, for Tom and his team. So, uh, you know, that's uh, definitely right around the corner. And, I, and we talked about the drag and drive. And just to, to go off on that a little bit, I really do encourage you, if you are a motorsports person, or you're a marketing person and you start to think about which direction the motorsports world is going for the next wave, I challenge you to get out to some drag and drive sick week, watch it online. It really attending it is going to be the only way you're going to be able to fully understand the impact that they are having with the number of people that come out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday to a racetrack of a watch. That means just to watch. I mean, don't get me wrong. The U.S. Street National has had a lot of people here Friday and Saturday. But, you know, that's the weekend. But you talk about the number of people that show up on a Tuesday and Wednesday to watch cars. Let's get in to something that just is a coattail, if you will, to our episode with Erica Andrews, where we talked a little bit about the differences in why females 
are different in motorsports and maybe not given the same considerations and so forth, if you will. I uh, want to let you know that it was really exciting for me as, as an individual knowing, knowing this young lady, but Monster Jam is taking a completely different approach, if you will. Lots of female drivers, right, getting over into Monster Jam. And, and if you're not familiar, Monster Jam has multiple tours across the country, right? We're talking about they have a lot of monster trucks. They've got a lot of drivers across the country. Two well, and I know I say I probably shouldn't say former, right? Because they can still do it anytime they want. But drag racing background racers, Chelsea Van Cleve and Ashley Stanford. Monster Jam announcement. They're driving monster trucks. And you know, I think that's awesome. I think it's amazing. I think it's what the the world of motorsports needs. Now, when I say that, and I, I mean it's got wheels, it's got an engine. You gotta, you gotta have talent to do it. The world of motorsports needs it. Monster Jam events, I think, rank right up there with Supercross, NASCAR, uh, F1. Some of these events, if you've ever been to them, when it comes to the excitement that leads up to it, right? The midways, the outsides of the event before you get in and so forth, they have these pit parties. And fans that buy the tickets to come to the pit party and they take their kids and so forth, they get to interact with these drivers. And if you want to know what the easiest way to inject excitement and impact the next generation, the next two generations of individuals to get into motorsports, especially if you want it to be females, little girls, young girls, is get girls to be able to talk to girls. And, and so I think it's awesome that Feld Entertainment and Monster Jam is doing this. They've got girls all across the country, females driving these monster trucks. And I'm not going to lie, Cam and I, we've had people on the show. We've talked about it. Cam and I talked about it. Feld Entertainment, call me up anytime you want. I would love to come and be taught the, the ins and the outs of these monster trucks and, and learn how to do this. I, I mean, uh, wow, I would love to, right? I mean, kind of old. Don't know if I'm going to uh, energize anybody to come be uh, a driver or want to drive monster trucks or get in the world of motorsports. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we'd love to do it. It looks so exciting. So exciting. The crowds are always electric inside the stadiums, whether they're indoors or outdoors. Again, at the end of the day, uh, Bravo, Feld, getting younger, young girls, young women that can demonstrate the role model aspect of education and the discipline side of it. If, if you don't follow Chelsea, Follow Chelsea. She is a fitness person. She gives a hoot. She does all the hard stuff. I think that is important to, to show young girls to work hard. 
it, I mean, and work hard at it. And if you do that, you can do what you want to do in life. Okay. Um, so again, Bravo failed Monster Jam. Congratulations, Chelsea, Ashley Sanford. Like I said, drag racing background individuals that are now going to be wheeling and are wheeling monster trucks. Failed. Seriously. Send me an email. Please. Facebook message. I don't care. You can slide into my DMs. Do not care. Twitter, send me a chance to go and be part of that. I would love to, love, love to interview for that. That's all I can say. Wow. That's just awesome. I thought it was great. I'm really excited for him. I think it's a great thing. Totally do. All right, moving on. Not much. I, this, this may be very long-winded, and this might be my Don's rant. Right. Although, my next topic after this one will more than likely be my rant. So, let's recap my weekend debut, if you will. My initial run at Flow Racing, Flow Drag Racing, here for the U.S. Street Mat with Flow... Victor, Courtney, the entire flow team. And, and let's just recap. Now, first off, let's, oh, wow. Let, let's focus more about the, the event itself. Quickest ever, Pro Mod Field. Q5 on Saturday night, only had about 30 of the cars on property make an attempt. And of course, the majority of them were trying to just rotate the earth and get in the show. Get in the show. Two of them did get in the show. Travis Harvey and Craig Sullivan. Which, I will tell you, nobody, it's to be no surprise, nobody else would uh, disagree with this. If you went into Saturday evening at Q5 and thought after testing on Thursday that Craig Sullivan and Travis Harvey we're going to be on the outside looking in in Q5. Everybody would have lost that bet. Just would have. Just, I mean, just would have. I mean, the weather was the equalizer, I believe. Uh, and then, obviously, it's always a power management deal, right? It always is. That's, that's first and foremost, but you always have that in the back of your mind that it's power management. But the weather, just the way it played out, uh, Friday and Saturday, very cool, windy, clouds in and out, clouds in and out. And these two, Craig and Travis, side by side. We didn't have to wait for two pairs or anything of that nature. We had side by side bumped their way in. And this place lost it because there was no, I mean, it just did not seem like it was going to be possible. It just really didn't. Um, we just, the weather at the time was not conducive for the nitrous cars. It was a blower situation. I mean, I think most thought that Joe O and Craig Sullivan were going to bump their way in, um, you know, with blower weather and, and they got in, especially after they went, you know, career best 62 on testing on Thursday. I mean, Craig was like a static personal best career best. I mean, hello, Promod. And then it's down to Q5. 
shocking. Totally shocking. Not what anybody expected. But for Travis and his team all the way down from North Carolina, smallest trailer in the pit, right? Uh, I mean, gooseneck, fifth wheel deal, Jeff Miller, Lyle, the, uh, I mean, his entire organization, they were over there on, they had cylinder heads on and off the car, pistons. I mean, they were old school. They they were, we were pulling, they were pulling radiators. They were doing old school stuff to get in the show. And that is exciting. That is exciting. It was a great, great event. King Q, you know, all pro charger final with Mr. Matos. Uh, it, it was a great show. Pro two, Pro 275, if you've never seen that, that was crazy. I had a blast catching up with Jason Collins. Uh, you know, two guys that, that grew up in the IHRA days, if you will. Uh, just solid family over there, Scott Tidwell. Saw a lot of personal records, a lot of people getting the threes for the first time. The excitement at the top end was really cool. I challenge you to go follow Flow, look at some of the social media clips and so forth that'll be coming out, um, and, and and follow and follow that. I, I hope that you know we've started something here moving forward in 2023 that will continue on and capturing the hard work and efforts of the individuals that that are out here doing this competition right just competing uh grinding away at it investing their own money and, and just working to be successful so uh for sure just just that was that little piece uh, victor and his team the whole entire staff here at bradenton uh very hospitable like i said the, the place was packed on saturday it was packed friday afternoon great crowd friday evening with two qualifying sessions probably the uh I would say with Travis going to eight cars on Sunday, uh, being the lowest qualifying card that had made it that far, I, I mean, he was a dark horse, absolutely dark horse. I mean, Jason, I mean, Jason Scruggs, he took out Jason Scruggs. Uh, then, then he took out Bubba Stanton. I mean, he was just on fire. Uh, the Wolverine and Joe O, the turbo car, 220 miles an hour in the eighth mile. Booming speed. That was awesome. Kip King was number one qualifier. It was a great time. It was a great time if you're into fast door cars. That's, that's all I can say. But Pro, Pro 275, uh, Antron Brown didn't back up, uh, you know, and pull off the back, the back to back, uh, after the snowbirds. So, uh, but nonetheless, great event. I hope you, uh, if you saw the flow, drop me a line. Let me know how bad I did, or if I did well. I'll take it either way. No biggie. If you want to make sunburnt, windburnt jokes, uh, send those in my private message, if you would. All right, so now let's talk about the live stream, the debut of me for Flow Drag Racing. Being somebody who does the podcast and, and follows the NHRA live stream, Motor Mania, uh, and Flow, from the beginning, if you're a longtime listener, you know initially Cam and I uh, had James Warren on the show uh, when they started Speed Video. Uh, Doug Cook, I mean, we had a lot of people on the the talking against, if you will, right? Vocalizing when we started charging a subscription. Um, 
trying to monetize the content value and bring that to help the racetracks, the promoters, and so forth. Those uh, those time frames, if you will, were were very challenging when they initially started. Right, very challenging. Uh, and we were because we had been used to, you know, the the iPhone, Motor Mania, everything being free. Now, I will tell you that this was my first opportunity to be inside everything that goes on to put on a live stream event. From the time that I showed up on Thursday watching everybody set up to the to the situation of learning uh, what can and can't be done on site and and so forth and how everything can be humming along quite nicely right you were you're you're it was like literally you're you're cruising along you're you hit the you hit the fourth quarter you're up 21 points and and you're like okay this is cool we're, we we you know we're good no biggie and then all of a sudden the wheels fall off and you had nothing to do with it and you're like whoa and that happened you know the broadcast was cruising right along and all of a sudden internet goes out done and you're going uh oh and the thing is they didn't do anything. So it's very, uh, I'm very uh, more, I'm going to say this. I'm more experienced and birth in what is going and transpiring now, even though 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with the people that are on property or the equipment. It legitimately has to do with the signal. Um, and uh, you're just going, oh, hey, all right, learn, learn away. Uh, but Flo had a great team here on, on site. My first time meeting all of them outside of Courtney, uh, of course. Um, but at the same point, I mean, they are drag racing individuals, the team. So they've been to drag races. You can see the difference in the camera guys on the starting line very experienced in, in, you know, what looks cool, right? And and that's what's awesome to me from that standpoint because the whole entire weekend, I had this perspective of, well, what do people want to, what do people want to see or hear about at home? And, you know, the, uh, of course, it's like any other broadcast. You got to have commercial spots and so forth. And you're going to have downtime, you know, it's like NASCAR, you got to clean up and, and, and so forth. And I tried to approach it from that standpoint when we were doing interviews and talking to people, talking to racers and manufacturers that were here on site throughout the weekend. And even in the booth with, uh, with Al Pucci for the live hit, it was eye-opening in trying to make sure that I was able to give solid content back, right? Creative content back. 
And it was, again, it's very eye-opening. It is so, there's so much more that goes into it than the average individual sitting at home with their Mac or Roku or Fire Stick or whatever they've got fired up, uh, Apple TV, uh, whatever, and it's just playing in the background and you're just like, oh, it's freezing. And you're going, you know, no, 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 it's not. Check your in. Because the, the, the best part about it is, is that the monitors set up here are actual. So if it's freezing here, it's, it would be freezing everywhere. If it's offline here, it'd be offline everywhere. And so nine times out of 10, it's on your end. And that's, uh, that's just the hard truth about it. And yes, I, for whatever reason, the last five days, I became slow tech support uh, for individuals that had my uh, cell phone number. And this is individuals that sent me uh, PM messages through social media, which I was very happy about the fact that I had no service for the majority of the weekend, uh, cell service. I mean, there were certain periods, typically at 11 o'clock at night, all of a sudden I would get these text messages on my phone from people who had texted me at 11 o'clock that day. Uh, so I, I didn't have to deal with a whole lot of tech support. Um, but nonetheless, it was nice to wake up in the morning and get positive messaging from people that did have my cell number, uh, the significant others, the spouses, the wives, the uh, even husbands, uh, telling, telling their, their, their friends or, or so forth that were here at the race that walked by and said, Hey man, you know, the family said, this person said, you're doing great. They're enjoying it. So that was, that made everything good. Right now, the, now the negative, right? Here's the negative. Wow. Friday did I suck. Okay. And, and I have no problem being my own worst critic. So I'm really good with information being a racer. Really good. Now, the production side, if you will, as somebody called me a reporter, I laugh. Opening and closing. I always naturally assume that everybody that's watching really could care less who I am. So I very rarely gave my name because you really don't want to know who I am. You want to know about the questions and the information from the people that I'm interviewing. And so I, all, I struggled all day Friday with opening and closing. And those are things that you think is not that big a deal. But when you're on air, it's a pretty big deal. And it may, I mean, I just like, are you kidding me? I can't get this right. Um, and fortunately for me, Flo gave me a producer to be right there to assist me uh, in improving and giving me the constructive criticism to get better. And I was very, very grateful and appreciative of that. Uh, and an experienced camera person, that helped as well. And of course, with Courtney being on the ground and, and her being, uh, you know, flow drag racing content, she's, she's been on air and so forth. So she's got plenty of experience with it. So it was nice to be able to have the feedback uh, throughout the weekend. And then finally on Sunday, it seemed like, you know, even late Saturday afternoon, like everything started clicking. So I was very happy about that. I did enjoy my time. And uh, I have no idea when I'll be back on air uh, or if I'll even be back on air. Flo might say, we don't need this North Carolina kid on, on our TV. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Uh, I'm grateful. I appreciate the Flow team. They may or may not ever listen to the podcast. But 
uh, I just want the flow team to know that I appreciated the opportunity and I enjoyed it. I thank you to all the racers who entertained the, you know, entertained me and doing an interview and so forth throughout the weekend, answering the hard questions why they were struggling. Uh, nobody ever likes to struggle to race, especially when you're spending this much money to do it. Nobody ever wants to struggle. And you really don't want to struggle when you're, you know, really spending your hard earned money. Everybody spends their hard earned money. And that's a struggle. So it was tough. And I, I tried to be uh, aware of that with the questions, if you will. So, again, thank you to Flo. Thank you to Victor. Uh, again, everybody that sent their positive comments, I really do appreciate it. It meant a lot. made me feel a lot less, uh, in a, or a lot less inadequate for what I was doing at the time. So, All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up with two things. Last two topics. Here comes your Don France. Folks, we have to look out for one another. We have to begin and start and talk and push to normalize communication within each other as humans. Even if the topics are hard, even if it's very difficult and challenging, because if we do not converse with each other about what we feel or think or how we take something, what the intent is, what the intent really was, how someone perceives what you've done, your actions, those things impact for life. And they can impact in such a negative way when it really can be avoided or and not, not necessarily be avoided, but it can be improved or recovery or repaired to continue to have a positive outcome. And again, I, I say this as somebody just, a, you know, we're talking weeks, single digit weeks away. From turning 50 and no I'm not I, am I more wiser now than I was 25 years ago oh my god yes am I more wiser than I was uh, 30, 30 years when I was you know 15 years ago uh, you know when I'm 35 yes and so I think that's the big thing is that I just want to share that have the conversation don't take it as an attack when someone says man you that's really, that's just not what I expected from you. Or, you know, I'm, I'm having a problem with your behavior. Is that really you? Is this how you're trying? Is this how we're going to move forward? Is it how it's impacting our relationship? And it can be your friendship. It can be your significant other's relationship. It can be family. It can be business. When you come with a genuine approach that you are not trying to hurt someone or control them or impact them in a negative manner or mistakes were made and words were said, however the case is, however it's approached, recover from it. Have the conversation. Mend the bridges. As humans, None of us are perfect. We are all imperfect individuals, regardless of what you may think. And 
I'm imperfect. Everybody's life experiences molds them in certain ways. But at the end of the day, being human is not something that can't be understood and embraced. And if you know that there are situations that you want them to be changed and you want them to be different, you, you need to continue to push, never walk away, never give up. Don't. It, it's, it's brutal to, to your heart, to your mind, to your soul to give up. Now, if you're in a physically or verbally abusive relationship, uh, by all means, that's completely different, right? But most of the time, we have disagreements that can be overcome, and we just don't. We just go, ah, screw it. I'm out of here. And man, don't do that, okay? Oh, and I'm sorry, this can apply to anything that you, you have going on. By all means, if, if you, uh, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, and so forth, by all means, send me a message. I'm not a therapist. I spend a lot of time talking to therapists. I have no problem telling you that. Because again, I'm not, imp- I am not perfect. And if you know me, and you've been a, a part of the podcast for a, since its inception, you know all the things that I have been through that could just remotely crack my foundation and struggle every day. And if you think that that's embarrassing or, or whatnot, not, I don't, does it, does it make you just go, oh man, yeah, heck yeah, right? Because I'm supposed to be strong, supposed to be a man, supposed to be, you know, and yes, men fix it. That's what we do. We have somebody in our life and they're struggling. We want to fix it because men do not want to see anyone struggle. And if they do like seeing people struggle, then I'm sorry, they're not real men, okay? And does that sometimes become overbearing and pushing and you can't see the forest for the trees? Damn skippy. Absolutely. 100%. Like legitimate. Like you could be slapped in the face and you still would go, well, what was that for? Just trying to help. Make this better doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you, you, you've got to step back and have a conversation and understand that things in life are worth fighting for and you have to just take a breath and get it back under, and not under control, right? That's not the, you know, everybody uses the word control in different ways and it's not always the case. You just want to have some sincerity and some compassion between humans and, and find the, the common ground so that life and success can continue on. And so there's Don's rant on mental health and communication for this first week of February 2023. Cannot believe the year has already gone through the first month, but we're coming back and it's picking up steam and things will be continuing to change. Do yourself a favor, all our listeners, please go over to the Shop Squad. Go check out NGK, the Shop Squad, and get involved with them. Again, it is Shop Squad online. 
Squad.com. And that is exactly how it sounds. Shop, S-H-O-P, Squad, S-Q-A-D, online.com. Put Don in the referral line and tell them that it was racers and rental cars that sent you. Get over there. Get entered. Join Shop Squad online. You're going to have gift cards, prizes to the gear house, get you some cool apparel to kick at the racetrack in 2023. The sun is starting to emblaze through the window towers here at Bradenton Motorsports Park. And that being said, it is time to, as they say, walk off. And we will see you next week right here at Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, like, share, tag your friends, tell everybody. And no matter what, be kind, be genuine, be human. See you next week. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep